The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the old National Bank State Street studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. We just stumbled into a bunch of stuff we want to get after even more during the break. Uh, this is uh, your day uh, to react to really the... I, I've almost swore five times today, too. I almost, instead of using crap storm, used the SH word. And it really is like just a depressing weather day, too. Like the, the, the rainy and gloominess. And it was so beautiful yesterday. Like, boy, it could not have been. You painted the picture, too, that it was as loud as you've heard Soldier Field in forever. It was so perfect, Waddle. Like, it was the exact opposite of that Niners game. You were at the Niners game, weren't you? It was last year, yeah. It was. Like, you could not have designed in a weather machine a better afternoon on the lakefront. You know, I talked to Wilbon after the game, too. He was all pissed off. And, um, yeah, he's like, you can't move that stadium off of uh, the lakefront. The lake was glistening, and and it was. It really was a postcard yesterday. It was what was it, seventy five degrees? As long as yes, it's a great postcard. As long as you don't have to send anything about what's going on inside well, the building. Yeah, yeah, with a big poop right yeah. there, big poop right in the middle of the field. Yeah, it was but, glorious. But it was it was seventy five. The field was in magnificent shape. Fans were ready. We've been waiting all off season. Um, it, it, it was just magnificent and, and it wasn't right away either. Again, it was, well, I mean, the kickoff, you had a personal foul you were starting your first drive of the 2023 season from your own 10. I needed to stop out of the half and I needed to score. And instead of that, they marked they scored right away, didn't they? They came out and they well, yeah. And then they gave you the old two for one at the end. Yeah, they they yeah. got the field goal at the first or the last drive of the first half, and then they took the first drive of the second half. That's down what they always do. Stuffed it into the end. They zone. did that with Rodgers too, didn't yes. they? Yes. So as they did that. Um, and by the way, you can uh, listen to us on ESPN One Thousand, ESPN Chicago app. Remember, for all your Bears game day stuff, we've got the game day tab for you there for our pregames and postgames. And if you're within the listening area, it's NFL rules. You've got to be in a certain radius of the city on game day to listen to the game. Uh, Download that ESPN Chicago app. And also Twitch. And Twitch is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. Raise a glass to your team's touchdown with Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. I got some bad news. This is breaking news. On Chicago's oh, home boy. for sports. Yeah, I mean, ESPN 1000. Well, kind of. Indirectly. Well, well, you got, it's bad news, and it's kind of involving well, us. Well, it's bad news for week three. You want to guess? What are you doing well, on week three? Kelsey's back. Well, I think he may be back this week. It's something, uh, maybe well, uh, somebody else. Uh, it's, uh, oh, oh, Takes a trade uh, option off the table, too. Did they too. sign him? Yeah, Chris Jones is back? Did he's they... back on a one-year deal with the Chiefs. So, so they... he should be ready to destroy our uh, our front. Did they, come, did they make uh, an agreement that they're not going to franchise him or something like that? We could become it a free agent. Kind of similar to the uh, the Saquon Barkley deal, and I think the Josh Jacobs deal, where it's just a a one year deal, and they probably give him a little more money than what the 
franchise tag. Well, in his case, probably a lot more money than the franchise tag. But I think the motivating factor was Chris Jones said he has to be back on the field for, the for week game. three. Yeah. He needs to like, that, feast on he, that offensive that line. That could be a three or four sack game for him. Oh, boy. They need to win this game. They have to beat the Bucks. Can you imagine if Fields gets outplayed by Love oh. and, and um, Baker Mayfield to start the season? I guess we're one one week away from that, right? Let's take these these horrible thoughts one step at a time, okay? Well, this is the next step. No, it's I Baker know. Mayfield yeah, time. Yeah, I know. It's only Monday, though. Like, I can worry about Baker Mayfield on Saturday. I don't spend much time worrying about May- Baker Mayfield. No, I don't spend any time. A, we have a pass rush that could actually make him look pretty good. And as I mentioned, the, the according to Pro Football Focus, the Bears got the least amount of pressures on any quarterback uh, of any team since 2021. And this is a question I would like somebody to ask the head coach because he's a defensive mind at some point this week up at Hallis Hall. If, in fact, you start the game in Tampa in much the same way you played the entire game against the Green Bay Packers and you're failing to put any pressure on the quarterback this week, Will you make any adjustments to send more than just four? I'm not asking you to sell secrets to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But do you have a game plan adjustment if, in fact, you have another half of historically bad quarterback pressure? You've got to do something. Our guys have to play better. Well, he did tell you that Nate Davis played okay, and that's a lie. Can I play this? Greeny's mad at Luke Getze. This was Greeny today. Him and Hembo had a good debate over, and it's similar to like what we talked about about the worry about Justin Fields, who's and, culpable, right? And like Hembo thinks that Fields is is trending towards a not good quarterback. Drew Meyer, one of our listeners, had a good tweet. He says, "I just want to hear one time quote Fields with plenty of time." It's clear 90% of his brain is factoring in where the rush is coming from. If we can get it to 50-50, I think we have a quarterback. So he thinks if he could just get his brain settled a little bit onto just reacting and not worrying so much on where the pressure or when the pressure is coming, maybe he's so scrambled up there, seeing ghosts and all this stuff, that he's not just playing quarterback free like he should be. This was Greeny. Greeny doesn't believe what Hembo is selling, that, that Fields is not good. Greeny still thinks he, he can be a star. He's mad at the rest of the Bears on offense. This was catastrophic. I, I don't even know where to begin to describe how disheartening this opening was. And anyone who knows me, you know about my history with Chicago. I, I lived there for 11 years. I started my career there. I grew up again in Chicago. I met and married my wife in Chicago. I watched that game yesterday with not just my wife, but my two nephews who are both from Chicago and are diehard Bears fans and spent the whole day, the entire one o'clock window. They are all excited. They got their Bears stuff on. Oh, I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see this. No more Rodgers. And what Jordan Love did to them is like the ninth worst thing that happened in this game. The Bears' offense sucks. It's unimaginably bad because it is so unimaginative. What happened to Luke Getze being a head coach candidate with all these offenses he was going to draw up? What happened to D.J. Moore? You know, at one point, they're watching the game. They're watching every snap of that game. I'm watching it and all the other games. You know, I'm on red zone. I'm on this and that. I'm watching as much as I can. I turned to them and I said, why isn't D.J. Moore playing? And they said, oh, he's playing. He got two targets. 
in this game yesterday, and their offensive line is unimaginably bad. Somehow it got worse from last year. And Justin Fields looks lost. I don't know how much of that is him and how much of it is the situation, but I completely agree with what Rex said today, that if you just took that game and you switched the quarterbacks and the experiences they've had, if you put Justin Fields into the life that Jordan Love has led the last few years and vice versa, Justin Fields would be a superstar today. This is the living proof of what I have been saying, which is that more quarterbacks are ruined than are developed. And look, I understand it's only one game, but I don't know how much more important a game you could possibly have than the Bears' home division against your arch-rival who has owned you for 30 years, first games in, in the post-Farve Rogers era. Here's our opportunity. You got everything you possibly have. You put it on display. And for them to come out and play a game that was 38-20, and that does not in any way do justice to how one-sided this game was. They got their behinds kicked from the word go. Their offense was awful yesterday. Somehow their line got worse. Justin Fields has made no progress. And in my opinion, look, I have no idea whether his destiny was or wasn't to be an all-time great quarterback. But I do not think it is overreacting to say that was Every red flag you own, you should be raising right now in Chicago about the quarterback. Um, so there you go. And then they, they got in the debate. He believes Fields and, and the badness has been the Bears ruining him. And, and less on Fields and more on the Bears ruining him. From Nagy to the line to the lack of supporting cast around him and now Getzey. I, my personal perspective on most things is is usually the truth is somewhere in the middle. And that's what he ended up saying after he argued with Hembo, that they're probably, it's somewhere in between both of their arguments. Right, because as I said earlier, look, even if you drop someone into an adverse situation, if you are an above average person at that position, you find some solutions that leave people with a tremendous amount of hope. And right now, I'm, I'm not seeing as many of those solutions as I need to see. Doesn't mean they won't come over the course of the next several games. But again, I pointed out three plays to you that show you that if there is progress being made, it's being made at a very slow level. You can't take that sack with Lucas Van Ness. You throw that ball in the stands. That's a negative play in the red zone. You cannot do that, right? You can't fumble when you decide to break you know, through the, the front of the your line and you're being rushed, you've got to protect the football. Something he did very well in the second half of last year. He reverted back to first half of last season. And the interceptions just, you can't, that, that, you can't do it. I mean, there's, there's, you either, you stick the, the corner route to DJ Moore. Everyone's like, you're getting the ball to DJ Moore. And I agree. We've got to focus on getting the ball into the hands of our best player, regardless of position. But you had an opportunity to stick him with a corner route right there, and you chose to throw it to the most covered guy on the field. Even if you didn't throw it to Moore, you could have thrown it to Komet. You could have thrown it to Roshan Johnson. You chose to throw it to a guy who was being pretty much sandwiched by linebackers in the middle of the field. And, look, that's, that's a lack of progress. So, again, wasn't happy with the offensive coordinator. I thought Justin came out and really established a rhythm early in that game, but they did nothing to build on that rhythm in the first couple of drives. The Bears' offense sucks. Screeny. Show me the lie. No, I know. We've been saying that for a long, long time. 
312-332-3776. Craig and Schomburg, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Craig? Hello, how you doing? We're good. So, for me, uh, the end of the game, like when I thought it was over, was when they had the free play and Justin Fields just got smoked. Like that's when I knew the game was over. Which I'm trying to figure which play was that? Oh yes, yes, well, yeah. They had they the caught Packers him with the Packers, Packers, yeah. Yeah, and then he just got like they couldn't even get that right. Yeah, he just got low. Well, again, you know what, that's- Craig? Like there were some plays, procedural mistakes, and there was a lot of stuff that led me to believe that hey, this is the first week of the season, and some people just go ah, it's the first week of the season, it'll get better. But this is stuff that we have been, you know, anxiety ridden about for quite some time because many of their guys didn't participate in preseason. It's something that we complimented them about, though, that they weren't like Nagy. Yeah, that they they procedurally that the, everything ran clean. Like we complimented them. This was Eberflus this morning from uh, Cap and Jay Hood when he, we was talking about all the penalties. Yeah, that's that's it's not right. And it, it's, it is disciplined, and it's going to get addressed, and it'll be addressed here at 10 o'clock this morning, and uh, we have to get it corrected. That's about as harsh as he would get this morning, is about the penalties, because it was something that they, they were fairly good at for a rebuilding team. Yeah, and I thought last year that this team played hard. They were just outmanned every Sunday. Yesterday, like for for a number of reasons, was I think that the most it was the most demoralizing loss I've seen in the last two years. And they got to turn it around quick. Jimmy on the north side, what's up, Jimmy? You're on ESPN 1000. How's it going, fellas? Everything's good. Family. How's it going? How's it going with you, Jimmy? Um, you know, I'm just taking the punches as they come, per usual. Um, you know, guys, I, I think you've touched on pretty much every part of, you know, what I'm thinking here on the, on the game. And, um, you know, I think the, the line play, I mean, if you take the, the line, uh, the epic, you know, defensive pressure and, you know, second most pressures uh, against, you know, that you're never going to win an NFL game with that. But I want to address one thing. Listen, my grandfather, and I'm not exaggerating here, he didn't miss a Bears home game for more than 50 years. Just a guy from Park Ridge who had pride in his season tickets. These guys have been in Chicago for the most part, at most, 36 months. Guess what? It's not a college campus. It's not Nashville. It's not Charlotte. This city has pride in their team, okay? And what they'll put up with a lot. We've put up with a lot. When it's, you're down 17 points after a team ran up 21 on you in the last quarter, I don't want to see Fox cut, cut to the sideline and see guys leaning up back against the bench with the towel over their head. No one's talking. You're not good enough, okay? Stop talking in the media. Wipe the pouting face off, and let's go. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Amen, Jimmy. I'm with you. Like, listen, I, it, part of me, I find myself, like, right there, that was a good meatball rant. And I found myself ranting at my television like a meatball as well. But sometimes, you know what? Meatball mode isn't a bad mode. It really isn't. It's okay. There's time, there Makes are times to sit down and have a quiet conversation with a player or your team. And then there's time to, to put a foot in their ass. Like, this is, is this who you want to be? Like, last year again, we understood. Tear down. This is a rebuild. Like, look. 
if, if everyone doesn't start doing their jobs better, a lot of people aren't going to have their jobs. That's the nature of, of it. again, not sp- just sports, but it's the nature of big business. So, like, I, that's why I said I'd have been an advocate of everybody. Let's all watch this together. Every snap. Defense, offense, special teams, every coach. Let's watch this. Because we just defined who we are for the here and the now. You want to change that? Like, you don't have to be the same team in week 17 that you were in week one. You can change that. You can define yourself. You can define your destiny. But this is, first and foremost, is is you have to acknowledge who you are. This is who you are. You could talk all you want. This film tells you who you are. Now, you've got a choice. You can be better, you can be the same, or you can be worse. And there's only one answer. That's acceptable, and that's to be better. Show up in Tampa and win. you got to win. Everybody, coaches, players, everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, this should be. And it starts Wednesday. Like, go practice. Yes. Get out on the field. Yes. Eric and Berwin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eric? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. I'm good, not so good, good Eric. Um, you know, I mean, you're <laughs> not so good. I'm really not right now. Well, right. We're, we're going to fake it right now. Yeah. So I'm calling because I talked to you guys. Well, actually, really Waddle. Me and Waddle I had this conversation because I said that I didn't think that this was a good hire for the Bears. I think we I, – I know, Sylvie, we always talking about these hires that the Bear that these uh, teams in Chicago keep bringing in. And uh, Iberflus not the dude, man. And I'm gonna tell you why I think he's not. I know. Uh, I want Tom to definitely put this in your calculator. In your, I know how you calculate. And we'll see at the end of the season, definitely, or the end of the year. But the inspiration. I've been hearing about that. All the way our guys are playing. You know the way where there's no there's no uh, there's no oomph in the team. And uh, it's just, it just shows in every aspect. And you would think if he's a coach and he has a background, the team would be good at at least one thing. You can't pull out one thing that this team has been good at since he's been hired. Well, so, Eric, it's a, re- it's, a, it's a really good point. And, and I think that where I've been with regard to the coaches, I think it's too early. To, I, I think prior to this season – I think based on what they did last year, way too early to come to any long-term conclusion because the, the organization was in full teardown mode. And I thought for the most part that the team played disciplined. They weren't a team that really beat themselves. They were just outmanned most of the time. You didn't have a ton of the silly penalties. I thought for the most part they were all pulling on the same end of the rope. The effort was there. So I just felt I couldn't personally come to a conclusion as to who the coach is after year one of a complete tear. And I still think it's hard. And I still think it's hard to evaluate. I will say this, though. The coaching staff, or at least the game plans and their inability, I think, to make meaningful adjustments in yesterday's game puts you on, you know, it's on the front of your brain. Like, you're not getting any pressure on the opposing quarterback. This is his second start in the National Football League. You have to adjust. I know you love your system, but if you can't get there with four, you got to find a way to get there and get him off his spot. Offensively, you knew you were going to be outmanned in the trenches. So offensive coordinator Luke Getze come up with a plan to try to negate some of that advantage that the Packers have at the line of scrimmage, and it didn't see a whole lot of that. So 
Look, this will be a season where we evaluate a lot of people, not just the players, but the coaches as well. Last year was just an entity into, uh, uh, unto itself. Right. Get everything out. Get yes. all the uh, all the rotting stuff out of the fridge. And Eric, you may be right. At the end of this year, we may all be in unison saying this. Uh, you know, this is in the right situation. I'm still not ready to do that. Joe in Frankfurt, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joey? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, great show. Uh, long-time listener. Uh, I just want to say I've been a Bear fan all my life. I'm 64 years old. Hooray for me. But i got to tell you, <laughs> the last the last 30 years, okay, of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, I have had this game circled on my calendar all off season, and I was really looking forward to it. And I had I was all set for this to, to be an enjoyable watch and watch the Packers get killed. Instead, I get treated to the most uninspired, gutless, unimaginative display of football I've seen from start to finish, from coaching to the guy in the locker room that was taping him up. Everything was awful, okay? They dial up one blitz the whole game. What do they think? Those four pillars of salt we got on our D-line are, are actually going to get to the quarterback all by themselves? It was ridiculous. And, and what about these little bubble screens that they're, they're throwing around all game? There's something called the, the downfield. You know, you can, you can throw the ball downfield now. It's not illegal. It, it was just, oh, and one last thing. Justin Fields, he ain't going to make it, okay? I, I waited two years for this guy to start to learn how to read defenses. He still can't do it. Well, Joey, I, I, I share some disappointment like you. I'm not ready to 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 give up on anybody just yet. I'm not in give up mode after one week, but I'm also not going to bury my head in the sand. It's the same way we approached, you know, training camp. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, ah, it's just a practice in training camp. When I see the quarterback make a mistake or I see a, a, a wide receiver not do what he's supposed to do, I'm just going to tell you what I see. I'm not, I don't have an agenda here. I have, I'm, I'm just going to tell And when they do really good stuff like, like DJ Moore did all camp, and Tyreek Stevenson did for the majority of camp as well. We brought all of that good news to you. Yeah. I don't have any good news to bring to you right now on any front. Roshan Johnson, yeah. as we all thought, is probably going to be your running back who gets the most snaps of all of those guys sooner rather than later. When he plays with a little bit of oomph. He does. So, like, look, I'm not giving up on anybody. But it, it, the patience of, you know, hey, we're in a rebuild. This is one game. Look, you're in, you've walked into a different environment now. This is where we're supposed to have expectations. And the expectation wasn't that you were going to allow the youngest team in the National Football League with a quarterback who's made one previous start in this league come into your building and embarrass you. That was not part of the plan. And my expectation was the quickest way to get better was by your quarterback improving. You can make a lot of roster moves, yes. and, and that was going to certainly help you. But the best way for you to get better was your quarterback going from pretty good to really good. I don't know about great, but pretty good to really good. And I need that. I need to see that. I need more of that. I don't think there was any progress made by anybody yesterday. And that's what you're looking for. When I said people say, what do you expect in 2023? I said anywhere between seven and nine wins. I settled on eight, which is still a below 500 record. But the biggest thing is, is dramatic improvement and we all said the your eyes will be your guide the eye test will be the most important barometer and my eyes told me yesterday that there was zero progress in fact i think they took a step back in a lot of areas team discipline 
how they went about their business. I thought the coaching staff didn't make the appropriate adjustment. I didn't see any improvement from anybody. One game. I get it. It's not going to define who you are the entire season. But you better learn from what took place yesterday. Yep. Everybody. All right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're guest free uh, on a Bears Monday uh, for your therapy session, and uh, we have good, bad, dirty coming up. It could be Bears themed, NFL themed. There was some Cubs news today. I've got something in there from the Cubs that I want to uh, discuss as well. So the good, the bad, the dirty, and all your Bears phone calls coming up next. The good. It's gone. Oh my God. The bad. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. The Dirty. I'm talking about nasty. Uh, wow. So many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The Good, the Bad, the Dirty. could be anything about the Bears. It could be anything about uh, the weekend, sports or otherwise. It's brought to you by our great friends and partners at Finishing Chicago. We'll go around the room. Uh, Waddle, me, Tyler, and Meller. And uh, we'll pick one thing good, one thing bad, one thing dirty. Waddle, what's your good? Uh, let's get away from football for a second. Uh, I don't know if you uh, watched any of the U.S. Open tennis this weekend, but it was fantastic. Coco Goff won her first major. She won the U.S. Open on the women's side. And Djokovic uh, won his 24th major. Wow. First player in the modern era, the modern open era with 24 majors. He uh, was dominant throughout. So uh, if you were a fan of tennis, it was a great tournament. Miller, I know you watched some of it. So I thought the entire tournament, there was a lot of drama, but Coco Goff getting her first and Djokovic getting his 24th is, uh, I thought, was note- were, uh, newsworthy and note. I saw Djokovic's uh, tribute to Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, as well. I did not see that. Yeah, he was wearing a shirt of him and Kobe, and then after winning it, referenced how Kobe kind of helped him push forward and kind of become what he believes to be, you know, the greatest player in tennis history. Yeah, so an even cooler. Was it Brady around him earlier in the week as well, before he got honored? uh, I think Brady was in I know Brady was in Wimbledon following. I don't know if he was. Rodgers. Rodgers was with him. Rodgers was with Djokovic? Is that what I saw? He was at the U.S. Open watching Djokovic, yeah. I thought I saw some some behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe. Could have been. Is what I saw on on Instagram or something like that. Yeah. Could have been. And he was on the East Coast. And Did you see him in the Patriots uh, jersey again? Uh, My good is uh, Saturday. I had a great day of football. I went to DeKalb, and I know uh, they beat your Boston College team. A week ago, this was like the round-robin tournament involving you, me, and Jesse. Because Northern Illinois is Jesse's alma mater. Yeah. BC is your alma mater. So Jesse's team went and beat BC. Northern then hosted my Salukis in DeKalb on Saturday. I got to tell you, the people at Northern Illinois are no joke. Super friendly. Oh, yeah. The the SIDs there were great. They hooked us up with passes. Then uh, my Saluki friends got us uh, field passes where we got to actually watch the game from the SIU sidelines. Nice. So the kids have never seen a game from the sidelines. Uh, and it's, it's such a cool vantage point. And SIU knocked off NIU. Second year in a row, we took down an FBS program. So I am going to give a shout-out again to my Salukis for taking down NIU the week after they took down your BC. So, so I win whatever. B equals C. Yeah, so yeah. they are the, the, whatever this tournament is between you, me, and Jesse, 
the Salukis are the champs. The winner gets a turd. No, that we don't get it. Like we get like a beer cup or something. Okay. By the way, BC barely got by Holy Cross. I just, uh, one of my Saluki brothers by. was telling me they're like BC's bad. Oh. They just they, they're losing or they they're having a tough time with Holy Cross. But uh, shout out to my Salukis, big win. Good job, Salukis. What do you got, to Meller? What's your good? My good, do we have a new NFL head coach who's going to wrestle away the championship belt for best offensive mind? No, could it no longer be Kyle Shanahan? Is the man who is off of Kyle Shanahan's tree waddle? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel no, no, it's still Kyle Shanahan. Still uh, McDaniel's doing some pretty good stuff, though. And uh, the Chargers shut down the Dolphins last year. And you know what the Dolphins did yesterday? They, they uh, put up put over 500 yards of offense. And Tua looked good throwing to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. By, by the way, did you see, I saw part of the, the interview that Jeff Darlington did with Mike McDaniel. It's fascinating. It goes through McDaniel's kind of Ascension. roller coaster ride yeah. where he got fired by Gary Kubiak for being late to a meeting. He had a, a drinking problem, which he quit. And then, like, now he gets up and gets on the road at like two o'clock in the morning every morning. I watched to go the to whole facility. thing. It was fantastic. It's unbelievable. Yeah. No, I, 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 I recommend it highly for anybody. I, we, we, I think everybody knows how we feel about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I really like Mike McDaniel and what they did uh, yesterday. And I think Shanny was, like, really instrumental yeah. in getting him back Definitely. on track. No it? doubt. Yes. Good. That's so a good, good. The Dolphins looked good yesterday. That's a good, good. And That's I'm happy good. for Tua, too. Yeah. Uh, my good from the weekend is a welcome back to the NFL for Calvin Ridley. He was great yesterday. Eight catches, 101 yards, and he's in a Jacksonville offense that is fantastic to watch with Trevor Lawrence, too. But it just got me thinking, too, like Chase Claypool was traded at the same time as Calvin Ridley. And d- didn't Calvin Ridley sort of fit the Bears timeline a little bit better Yes, from a standpoint of, all right, he's not going to get to play the rest of the year. But after that, and you didn't give up that much more to get Calvin Ridley. It was only an extra fifth rounder as opposed to the second rounder. So The, the difference was they tried to do it last year. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't mind the move at the time. I've hated the way it's turned out yeah. and, and what the compensation ended up being. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I'm I with you. I thought, was... listen, you're going to get a guy who had, what, 10 touchdowns as a rookie in Pittsburgh? And he's and was still super young. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's got the measurables. 210 and runs a 4-4. Yeah, let's see if we can get him to work in our system. And, like, Tyler at the time, like, he was still suspended, Ridley, right? I mean, right, but like, you just you, wanted them to be more trying, patient. You, you weren't trying to win last year. They were trying to get someone in the building to expedite the growing process of Justin Fields. Because yeah, I no understand. Around with you. I understand why they didn't do it with the benefit of hindsight right now, though. You're right. You're right. right. I mean, like, would you be better off with Calvin Ridley or, or Chase Claypool? Of course, it would be Ridley. He was he was outstanding yesterday. Did we know this too? By the way, as, as we move on to the bad, um, did we know Alzali was going on the uh, IL? I did not know that. So um, I could take this as my sure. bad too. Have at it. So uh, the Cubs have made some roster moves. Adbert Alzali is on the 15 day IL. And this is very impactful with how many days left in the season as their closer. F- to be gone now for 15 days. Like, they had, uh, he had gotten some rest and he had come back. He got out of that bases loaded jam over the weekend. So it's a right forearm strain. Mm. That's never good, right, Meller, where you hear the forearm strain? Oh, you're correct. It's- it doesn't mean that it's going to be serious, but it's not ever great to hear yeah. that. I will say, remember, 
Steele, Justin Steele, actually dealt with some forearm tightness earlier this year. And he came skipped back the start and came back, and obviously he's in great position to win the Cy Young. But, so, uh, but you're down but to you're closer. Right. So Alzali goes on the 15-day IL. Michael Fulmer is reinstated from the IL. And Marcus Stroman threw another live BP today. But the Cubs are down now with their down without their closer. They were hoping that all the rest he was getting would rejuvenate him for the stretch run. Are they in uh, Colorado tonight? Yes. Okay. Mm. That's my bad. All right. Uh, my bad is the situation in Mich- Michigan State with Mel Tucker. Uh, Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker has been suspended without pay while the university completes an investigation into claims that he sexually harassed a prominent sexual assault awareness speaker after she was hired to address the Spartan team. I do believe a little bit earlier today, Mel Tucker came out and has denied all of this and says that he will, you know, he will fight the good fight on this front. Uh... It's just a horrible situation. And again, remember, Michigan State is is where Larry Nasser, you know, that whole situation unfolded as well. So not good. Not good when your head coach is accused of sexually harassing a prominent sexual assault awareness speaker who was hired to address your football team. So we'll let uh, that is bad, that is dirty, and that is disgraceful. Yeah, so we'll let it all all kind of uh, play out, but uh, on the surface, not so good. Bad. Mallory, what's your bad? So you're uh, saying that Mel Tucker was probably not the person who invited her to do the speaking. Um, My bad. It's a double-pronged bad. How about this? Let's call Micah Parsons a bad, bad man. And I wonder if the New York Giants are having some buyer's remorse with their signing of Daniel Jones to a long-term deal because they looked atrocious last night on Sunday Night Football as the Cowboys beat them down 40 to nothing. It was not a good display. Well, they had him in the game late, too. Like Micah or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, Yeah. yeah. It's like... I don't know what they were trying to do at that point. The weather sucked. He sucked. The offensive line sucked. What was he sacked? Eight times? Seven, I believe. Seven times? Yeah. That was dominant. And Micah Parsons, for only having one sack, was just wrecking yeah. their line. Boy, they've given Get Up some, infra- or some, some uh, fodder material yeah, for, yeah. Like, yeah. for weeks. Oh, of course. Uh, Tyler, what's your bad? My bad. You know, it was nice to have Red Zone back in our lives. However, for anyone that was looking at the ticker on the bottom during the Red Zone broadcast, they may have noticed that a lot of the stats were doubled. So, at one point, it showed Tua Tungavailoa as having thrown for over 700 yards. Oh, Christian really? McCaffrey had, thrown, or had run for over 300 yards, and it was just comical. And it wasn't everybody. It was only like a small sample of guys. It was like every third guy on the ticker was doubled. When they would go through their That's stats. That's weird. So it was just How funny to see How long did that, that last for? Oh, the whole day, pretty the much. The whole day? Like, I, I, was, I, I didn't notice it. it. I was bottom. watching it. I had the television on, but I didn't notice it. I would glance up, all right, and then like an hour would pass and it'd be like, oh, well, we still have uh, Christian McCaffrey with 306 uh, rushing yards for the day. It was funny to watch, but uh, it was nice to have Red Zone back, but let's fix our ticker next time. Yes. And <laughs> blame Scott Hansen. Yeah. Yeah, no Siciliano anymore. That's what you get. What's uh, your dirty? My dirty is, uh, as in uh, filthy with a PH, was the 49ers offense. I almost took my pants off, really, to watch the game pantless because it's just more, I don't know. Why didn't you? You were were in the comfort of your own home. I know I didn't, though, but I just, like, I was texting with Carm. I was like, oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Really? You were were texting with Carm over... 
Sounds about right. I, I Football? Wouldn't, I wouldn't say sexting, but what did Carm say? You were so groaning Carm, in your text? Kind of. Oh. I Desiring mean, like, to be pantless, watching did, Niners Carm, football? Carm, I'd like to be pantless. What did he I forget what Carm said, but I was equally in, enthralled with what I was watching anyway. Were you uh, juggling your balls? They, excuse me? They went to Pittsburgh. They put up 391 yards and 30 points on the Steelers. And they pretty much put it in cruise control mode in the second half. Purdy, Brock Purdy, 19 of 29 for 220 and two tutties. I believe every single start he's made in the NFL, other than the NFC title game where he got hurt, he's thrown at least two touchdown passes. And Tyler called him soft. That's true. Would have been nice to have that arm out there. I'm just saying, like, what they do, just if you are a fan of football, you watch them do things offensively that just leave you feeling joyous and tingly. Moist. Um, Not so much that, but, like, titillated. Excited. Like, look, it partially... Jealous as F. Okay, can I build off of that? About watching a well-oiled machine move the ball up and down the field against, first of all, their body clocks are 10 in the morning. Yes. And you're in Pittsburgh taking on a Mike Tomlin team that you know is ready for the opening kickoff, and you still jam it down their throat. There's that, and then there's our team who convert a couple of first downs early, and then they decide to sneak it with Cole Komet. Uh, I truly believe, and that's my dirty, that if they they do the right play call there, something with Justin and let him be dynamic, that maybe things don't go spiral. so badly with the offense. And maybe you keep going forward. You, you, you get the offensive line moving forward, and you don't have to pass protect so much. Do you know what I mean? You get yes. positive mojo, positive momentum going forward. So that's my dirty. Like, I just believe it stopped all forward momentum. You had the building, you had the crowd, you had uh, the offense going, and you completely botched the play call on third and fourth down, and when you've got that being moist, like you were pantless, um, I was not. I was dry. Completely dry and non-titillated. What's the opposite of not being titillated? Because that's what I was up in the broadcast booth after they went with Cole Komet on on a sneak. Actually, your marbles retreated indoors. Yes, they were. Yeah, they, they were, went up in your. I in was your... in the pool. That was just with the mar. It was a total turtle show. <laughs> uh, how about this? I'll use that to transition. I said this last night on the post game show with McKee and Pat, the designer. How are you not copying the Philadelphia Eagles who right. showed you I was last... thinking the same thing, Mallory. I, I, it, it blew my mind. I don't know why every NFL team, if they're not going to outlaw... Rugby that, scrum. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It works. And you've got a quarterback who actually is comparable to everything that Jalen Hurts does yes. when, a, when he's a runner. So guess what? Your entire you know, running backs, your tight ends, don't use Cole Komet to run the ball. Use him to push Justin Fields Right up into the first down marker. It was ridiculous. And then, oh, by the way, that very same Philadelphia Eagles team, you know what their head coach admitted yesterday, which I found interesting? He admitted that he thought it was probably not in their best interest not to, to not play yeah. Jalen Hurts as much as he as he did in the preseason. He should have played him more. Said the, hmm. whole, the whole first yeah. teamers. Yeah, they, so they, maybe he's uh, able to play them more. Oh, oh, maybe oh, people oh. should take a cue. From and by that. the way, and by the way, I think the Carmen, in the Super Bowl. And Carmen Yurko gave the best advice at all. If you don't watch Philadelphia, if you're upset by 
kind of... Oh, the Jalen Carter. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that, though, on paper. But again, like, if, if, it, if it was because that he didn't like football or didn't football wasn't number one, then why sign Nate Davis? Now, if it was because you were scared of off-the-field issues, different story. But if it was because you didn't love his motor or didn't love the way he practiced or didn't love football, then you got to ask yourself of, of some of the other things. There's, we got to get. I'm it. just saying, if it, if 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 you don't, you know, want to, yeah, know, you, know. you just don't watch it. Uh, and wrap us up here, Tyler. This was dirty good for the Cubs and dirty bad for the Milwaukee Brewers. But the Brewers had a combined no hitter going into the 11th inning. And still ended up losing to the New York Yankees 4-3 to on Sunday. So for people whose minds were on football, there was some dirty good that happened for the Cubs, even though the Cubs were dirty bad over the weekend, but they did pick up a game on the Brewers yesterday. Yes, that's a great... And they're three out right now? In three front. out there, yeah. and then I think they're one and a half on uh, Philly because Philadelphia lost earlier today. Good. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. Did you see, like, there's a weather warning in uh, at MetLife for tonight's Monday night game right now? I did now? not see that. That uh, no personnel is, no players or personnel are being allowed on the field right now. This is current scene at MetLife where a shelter-in-place warning is wow. now in effect. I don't like that term because it, rhyme, it reminds me too much of early COVID stuff. Yeah. Shelter-in-place. So, uh, but but no one's allowed on the field right now because of the weather situation at MetLife for the Jets uh, Buffalo Bills game, Monday Night Football. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, you want to weigh in on the Bears three one two three three two three seven seven six. Were you bothered at all by a couple of uh, Justin Fields off the field decision making uh, situations? We'll uh, bring that up coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, so uh, we're... Lance Briggs brought this up on the pregame show. We are your home for the Bears. All the Bears game day live stuff uh, two hours before the game. Black and Abdallah on right before us. Two hours before us as well. So we give you four hours of pregame action. Lance did not like, neither did Dion, Justin's shirt that he wore to the game. Did you see that? He was on the the post game as well. I did not. It was lace. What was wrong with it? It was see-through lace. What was the problem there? I thought it looked good. Did they think it was just a bad fashion decision or it was a bad decision for other reasons? Lance didn't think that it was very football-y or quarterback-y. That, that, a quarter, that the lace is for bedroom. Lace should be worn that it was lingerie. That he felt it was too long. Have you seen You should look I at it. I have not seen it, but I, I don't care if you're shirtless as long as you go out there and play the position efficiently. I don't care what you wear. Like, Joe Burrow wears some of the, the funkiest stuff you've ever seen because he's Joe Cool. No one says anything. What about... Uh, I didn't have a problem. Like, I know. I Lance probably were they just joking? Having, yeah, they were just I having fun. They are having fun, yeah, yeah. But it was very lacy. It was, really? it was uh, like see-through lace, white lace. But again, I, th- I thought it was cool. Like I, I thought it was. Could you wear it or would you no, wear it? I, well, I could. Justin could pull it off. I couldn't pull it off. I thought Justin did pull it off. And and then uh, uh, 
what about him giving I'm tickets? To Google Did it. he give tickets then to Jordan Love's mom? Yes, yeah. there was a story in the broadcast, which I thought was very good, uh, that Jordan Love called Justin because they're represented by the same people. Right. And said, hey, can you help me out with tickets for my mom? Remember the last time we saw Jordan, mom's, Jordan Love's mom at a game? The Chiefs put her in the final row of the entire stadium. Oh, that's right. Don't you remember they, they made Oh, yeah, like, join the club. Yeah. Like you guys got the treatment in Tampa. That's usually where the the we got tickets yeah. from the Bears. Yes, and and that's where the opposing team usually sits. Yes. So, so did, he did, called. Did he say yes? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, he helped Justin her helped him. Yeah. Yeah. Would you help? Yes. You would. Yes. Why would? What? Why wouldn't you? What's the answer for no? Why would? That, this is Bears Packers. I'll get out of here. This is also humanity. My God. Like, I'm all for a good rivalry in football, but if your mom needs like, tickets, like the phone's off instead during of the rivalry putting her time. up in the, in the nosebleeds. Uh, and this ain't Ticketmaster, bro. Uh, here's t- 591-1212. That's Ticketmaster. You're such a rough rough guy. Look at you. Three one two. No way, man, because I'm going to make sure you're uncomfortable and play poorly. Was that the old Ticketmaster number? Did I, I still idea. remember that? Five nine one one two one two. I don't. I'm going to Google that to see if I, I still. What you call it? Had recall. Call it. Let me see. Should I? I'm not going to call it on the air. I don't know what it could be now. Hello. Uh, all right, we're going to take your Bears calls coming up. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. You're not going to play that long ass open, are you? Again, Meller. It's kind of up to you. I don't we, care. We live through the Come on, let's do it. Play do it again. All right, we're going to. Yes. Meller is going to torture everyone. Coming oh, up next. Yeah. I'm the Bears.